Good morning. My name is Jaden Duenas. Today is Saturday, January 23rd, 2021, and this is episode 14 of Join the Discourse. Uh, again, my name is Jaden Duenas, and the premise of this show is to join the discourse. Uh, discourse is sort of a scholarly discussion of sorts. You need two or more people for that usually. Um, and so if you want to join the discussion with me, you can do that at jd-originals.com. You'll be able to see this stream coming straight from YouTube. You can also join my Discord server, send me a DM, uh, an email, whatever you want to do to join this discussion, please do. And I'll be on the lookout for that. Um, today, I'm going to talk about something a little bit off topic from world news. There's been a lot of news lately about, you know, Trump, uh, Biden, the presidency, inauguration, um, and not today news about Russia and protests against Putin and the Russian government and for Navalny, who was a, a candidate running who has ran against Putin um, and was poisoned recently. Um, and so I want to take a break kind of from from all this political noise. Um, and this is still political noise that I'm going to be discussing, but I want to take a break from the world politics right now. And I just want to look at something that's equally as important, um, which is looking at slavery as capitalism. And to do that, I want to read some excerpts from my essay, Slavery as Capitalism and Socioeconomic Reform, the Reparations of the Black Community. Very long title, I know. Um, and I want to play my 2019 short film, Royal Red Bricks, for you uh, at the end to wrap up the slavery discussion, uh, wrap up the reparations discussion, and all of this in light of MLK's celebration this week. Um, so slavery is capitalism. When I say that, it may seem like that's obvious to an extent. Like, yeah, it was a, a capitalist business model. It's an industry. Um, but my reason for saying that isn't just to point out something obvious, obviously. Um, my reason for saying that is to call it like it is, to call it what it is. Um, okay, Nasir, hard eyes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to call it what it is. I'm saying that the essence of slavery, the violence and brutality, the patriarchy, exploitation, uh, white supremacy, that's the same essence as that of modern capitalism. The difference is that modern capitalism is the colorblind version of slavery, so it can't discriminate based on the color of one's skin. Um, instead, it, it separates and differentiates between economic classes. Um, and, and to say as well that the exploitation of capitalism is slavery, it is slave-like conditions, um, and it is exploitation. And so a year ago, uh, about a year ago when I wrote this, I wanted to take a look at a few things. Um, and so first it was just the history of slavery. I wanted to understand what really happened um, in, you know, colonial antebellum slavery periods in the United States. Um, and then further, I wanted to understand the lasting legacy of that history. Um, and I'm using that legacy as the cause for reparations. So the legacy, those social impacts, the effects today that's the reason why reparations are needed in the first place. If everything after slavery had just gone like, okay, beautiful, everything is everything is done, everyone's equal, there wouldn't be a need for reparations. Um, but that isn't the case. Any All the impacts of slavery, um, they haven't been repealed, they haven't been repaired, uh, anything like that. And the impact still exists very much. Um, and not only does it exist, not only did this, the slavery have an impact that now exists, slavery itself as an institution evolved so the actual institution of slavery exists still in a different form um and it exists the impact and itself exists in institutions like our criminal justice system our voting systems uh and our use of the death penalty and you know just in our labor system as i'm talking about just modern capitalism and, and labor right now um 
But what exactly was that history and what exactly are the lasting effects of slavery and white supremacy? And so that's what I write about in my essay. You can read that at jd-originals.com slash essays. It'll be all right there for you. Um, again, I'm going to read some excerpts now. But lastly, what I wanted to figure out was in light of that legacy and that lasting impact, I asked what should reparations look like? And that's kind of what I wanted to focus on in the essay. Um, and so I argue that reparations shouldn't be any type of cash amount from the government. Um, at this point in the reparations discussion, that's not even like, uh, not that it's not a thought, but it's not um, it's not an argument that's still used. People aren't requesting a check to make up for the horrors of slavery um, and the, the, the socioeconomic impact of white supremacy in the United States. Rather, what I'm proposing is a series of economic reforms, socioeconomic reforms, to address the social ills of slavery and capitalism. Things like a universal basic income, things like universal health care, tax reforms, uh, more funding for public education, canceling student debt, raising the minimum wage, uh, diverting funds from the police into community programs for like children and adults and, and impoverished communities. I don't have a specific set of policies by any means, but these are just generally progressive policies that various activists and other organizations have proposed um, as reparations for slavery. Organizations like the NAACP has something up on their website right now about reparations. Um, another organization is, and I forget what the actual acronym is, like what it stands for, but the organization is NCOBRA, and it's um, an African-American organization in the United States that focuses on reparations for slavery. And so these are policies from them, and I write about that all in the essay. So again, uh, you can read all about that. Ultimately, my conclusion was that anti-capitalist socioeconomic reform uh, could be ample reparations to not just the black community, but also all working class and poor people who've been disadvantaged by this capitalist system. Again, jd-originals.com. Uh, if you want to go straight to it, you can go slash essays, jd-originals.com slash essays. Uh, but right now, I want to just read some of this essay and provide some commentary. I just have two excerpts that I want to discuss and so let's get started. I'm going to change my screen over here. And boom. Um, so yeah, this is my website here, just so you can kind of see what I'm working with. Uh, we got my essays page here. This is an essay I did in spring 2020. This is the one I'm going to be reading right here. Um, and this essay was actually inspired by the short film that I'm going to be reading. Short film is right here, but it's not loading right now. Um, and so, yes, this is this is the essay. So. First, I wanted to talk about, where to go? Here we go. So I want to just read this, this excerpt right here. Um, so I'm talking about the, the injuries in the capitalist legacy of slavery here. So it says, at the same time, we must remember that the injuries, of the capitalist legacy of slavery, although they ultimately affected wealth, are a series of social injuries. Capitalism caused an incredibly inequitable distribution of wealth through social engineering and partitioning that has resulted in lasting effects such as redlining, uh, and therefore cash payments such as those paid as reparations to Japanese internment survivors may not be an appropriate remedy for black Americans. Rather, these social injuries against black people and the working class as a whole are in need of social reparations and socioeconomic reform. Charles Ogletree Jr., a Harvard Law School professor, argues for job training and public works as a form of reparations with the goal of racial justice in mind, but including all members of the working class. Most reparations proposals to date have focused on restorative programs of socioeconomic reform, despite opponents of reparations who argue against cash payments to the black community as a way to 
I guess I should have said detract from the importance of this dialogue. Um, so that that tells us a few things. I'll try to um, comment on what I'm what I'm saying here. I kind of have this note here. If you're, oh wait, I'll move it so you can see it with my uh, my my camera. If you're watching on YouTube, um, yeah. So I have this note here as a little guide if you're interested. But essentially, what I'm saying is that capitalism and slavery have caused social injury not just economic injury or economic harm. It didn't just take money out of people's pockets or advantage them by X amount of dollars. It created a system of social interaction, a system of relationships uh, and a way that we interact in society, in our interpersonal relationships. And it injured that. It injured our society um, in a very real way. And so therefore, simple economic payments like like a check for even a check for a hundred thousand dollars to every single african-american family every single if, if we finally got down to figuring out um you know ancestry and descendants from slavery and everything if we went and just found specifically every single descendant of slavery of african slaves in the united states and we gave every single one of them eight hundred thousand dollars and that made up for their uh the 40 acres and a mule that would not be enough because there is so much more impact that slavery and capitalism has had in this country. Um, and, and so therefore, a payment like that just isn't um, isn't enough at this point. And so what could be enough without doing that plus something else, because that would immediately um, raise all kinds of arguments and debate and people would never agree to checks plus something else. In light of the checks argument not being... Um, not being feasible, I guess, in terms of just being able to pass it in this country, um, no matter how much it might be uh, necessary, I guess. Um, these cash payments aren't going to do anything, really. Ultimately, in the long run, they're not going to change much about the world we live in. And so I'm arguing that socioeconomic reform could do that. It could change the world that we live in. Um, and so when people talk about, I'm not alone in thinking that, when people talk about cash payments to to two black Americans as an amendment for slavery, as a reparation for slavery, it's really just to detract from the serious arguments from, I mean, I don't want to just include myself, but people like me are making, like I'm trying to seriously have a discussion about um, what could be done about the history of slavery and the lasting effects today. And then people say, so you want my money? I don't care about your money. I'm trying to like, we need to live in a vastly different world. So I have one other, I think it was like right here we go. Um, and so this is kind of a section where I'm talking about um, the types of social injuries, what that really means. And so uh, page four, if you end up reading this, but uh, it goes like this. Furthermore, the master slave boss wage worker relationship left its mark on both participants of each system, according to Eugene D. Genovese, an American historian of slavery in the South. Uh, this economic relationship engineered a special psychology, clear economic advantages and disadvantages, and social problems which appeared in all capitalist societies, from the southern plantation to the northern factory. The evolution of this relationship further speaks to the Marxist theory that the mode of production, in this case capitalism and exploited labor, yields the social relations of production. So here, I'm essentially saying Marx is right. Um, we could we could have a, a discussion about what he's right about or maybe you completely disagree but at least in this right here marx is right about the way that our economic relationships engineer and they create they yield our social relationships um and so this is all to say that 
this is one aspect of the social injury of slavery and of capitalism. It's the social relationships that we have that have been, um, they're, they're so broken. They're so divided. They're so, because one has to exploit the other as a natural uh, relationship within the system. Um, and so that relationship between master and slave, excuse me, worker and boss, white and black, that's really what it comes down to in the situation. The relationships that were engineered between these people um, and then the psychosocial effects that have come into place because of that relationship. And that's what we need to repair, the psychosocial effects, the way that it's changed uh, our minds and our social interactions. Um, that's what, what reparations are for. That's what the socioeconomic reform that I'm proposing is for. It's to fix fix those things as much as they can be fixed, but to start to amend and create a better world with those things as the focus. And so that's all I want to read from this essay again, right here, jd-originals.com slash essays. This is, uh, it doesn't say that in the top here because I just saved it to my desktop, but <laughs> jd-originals.com slash essays. You'll be able to find that there. Um, go back to my camera here. Um, and so yeah, that's all I really want to read from this essay for now. Uh, maybe I'll read more just in a different episode or in the future sometime. Um, but ultimately, I just want to save some time right now at the end here uh, to address some recent comments that I've been getting on YouTube and Periscope. Uh, so Nate is back again. He's on Periscope. Uh, this is from last Saturday. He was expressing some economic anxiety about rising minimum wages and progressive economic reform in California. Um, Alexi, he was talking about, uh, he was on YouTube, by the way, um, launched a very long and very wordy argument about why reparations are not just not feasible, but not necessary um, in their opinion. Uh, I'll leave him to his opinion, I guess. That's a interesting opinion to say that reparations aren't even needed, um, but it's not, he's not alone in thinking that. Um, and the third, Houston Rogers, he was very concerned about Democrats in the Supreme Court um, or I guess packing the Supreme Court, as he was calling it. Um, he doesn't want them to take away his guns. And he was defending gun manufacturers from being held accountable. Um, and ultimately, he told me, I know, quote unquote, zero about guns. Um, so I'm not going to like challenge every word that they're saying. I'm not going to put them on blast. But these are some of the interactions I've had in the past week. Um, and so I just want to point out two comment threads. Again, I'm not going to respond directly to, to any of these, really. But I want to point out two comment threads in these comments, in these lines of argument. One is that they're not fighting for themselves. Um, they, they argue in terms that sound like it's for the self. They argue that they don't want to give their money. They don't want to give up their guns. In reality, their arguments are informed by and defending other people, other corporations, other organizations. Um, and so, for example, being against gun control because they'll take your guns is one thing. That's an anxiety about like how you might be impacted. But when your argument extends to defend gun manufacturers and the NRA when you claim that you intentionally don't want them to be held accountable for their misconduct, it's almost as if they were convinced to argue that way by the NRA or by pro-gun, pro-capitalist politicians, politicians who are making money off of the NRA, being paid by the NRA. Um, and I say it's almost like because that is what happened. Like that's through propaganda and legislation and political ad campaigns and all types of stuff. Um, these people are convinced to argue for these corporations and their argument is disguised as concern for themselves, but it really isn't. All right. And then the second thing that I want to point out is that the argument they do have, which defends these corporations um, and kind of seems concerned for themselves, the argument that they do have 
is totally illogical. They use false equivalencies or outright lies to corrupt the discussion. That's gaslighting. Um, Houston Rogers, he tried to tell me that I should take a look at Biden's gun reform plan to see how he, how Houston Rogers was so right that Biden planned to forcibly take away his weapons. Um, needless, to, I've read the plan. I <laughs> needless to say, Biden's plan does not include any strategy, strategy to forcibly take away weapons. Um, and that's an example of the inverted epistemology of white supremacy, the self-deception. Um, that's an easier way to understand that, I think. The self-deception necessary to sustain white supremacy. Uh, and these people, they engage in that self-deception and therefore play a complicit or even an explicit role in supporting white supremacy, um, even if they don't intend to. Speaking to the complicit side, if you're explicitly supporting white supremacy, we know who those people are for the most part. Um, but if you're complicit and you just maybe you don't intend to, but the action itself, the action of defending these corporations, the action of, um, you know, fighting against reparations for slavery, the action itself supports a white supremacy, not necessarily your beliefs about that action. Um, and so to wrap things up this week, I want to play my short film, Royal Red Bricks. Uh, it has a lot to do with the legacy of slavery, uh, specifically focuses on our education system um, and, and not just our education system, but I guess the the creation of our Ivy League institutions in this country. Uh, so it dropped in 2019. Uh, it was a school project at first, and then I entered it into a short film. Uh, and it was pretty successful. It got third place audience choice, which was really cool. I got to see my, my own work on a big screen for the first time, which was incredible. Um, but right now it's up on YouTube and at jd-originals.com and on the essays page. Um, it's considered a video essay, in my opinion. Uh, and so, yeah, go check it out for more if you'd like. Uh, but you can watch it right here, right now, as I'm about to play it. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you for joining this Saturday. Uh, I hope you enjoy.